If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25, our verse for a biblical guide to a fruitful summer. This is our text that we're taking from as we go through uh, this spring leading into summer to prepare us to be ready. You're always better off to be prepared. Amen. Amen. Preparation is everything. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. A lot of those leadership quotes that come out uh, say that you're better off to be prepared. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25, it says, The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this verse. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all the mothers that's here with us this Mother's Day in 2018. God, we just pray that your word would uh, quicken our hearts, quicken our minds. Lord, that we would be able to do and accomplish the things that you've called us to do. Help us to be mindful of the things uh, that you have prepared for us. And God, that we would accept them to be truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. That thing's got a rumble to it when I speak, so I gotta. Sounds really good. The praise worship team done an awesome job this morning. Amen. Amen. I can tell uh, Brother Greg's getting better. He's uh, he's starting to hit the licks a little stronger now. He's he's definitely been practicing, and I can yeah. notice the difference. And we're just grateful to have a, a praise worship team. Amen. That loves God, yeah. uh, that uh, prepares and practice, and all the things they put into it. Uh, I love. Uh, just feeling the presence of God during worship, and it's awesome that we have a team that does that here with us. This verse and how we're doing this series is we're looking at uh, these ants to see that they're not a strong people, but yet they prepare uh, their fruit or their meat in the summer, it says in this scripture, and how that God tells us in the New Testament in Galatians that there is fruit of the Spirit, that the Spirit provides fruit in our life if we'll accept it. And we should uh, look at those and continue in those things because uh, fruit produces more fruit. Amen? Fruit, fruit produces more fruit. So the more fruit you preserve, the more you take advantage of, the more seed you have, the more you have next year to go even that much farther. Uh, and it's about tilling the ground, preparing the ground, and all that. And that's what I want us to do during this sermon series is that we're preparing our hearts for this summer so that God can equip us to do the work of the ministry uh, in our community, in our nation, and in our world. But if these ants are not a strong people, and they're able to do these things, I think King Solomon is telling us that uh, we ought to be better able to go through life than these ants. Amen? Won't you look at your neighbor and say, you're stronger than an ant. You're stronger than an ant. You guys didn't sound very convincing. I don't think you was trying to build them up there or anything. It sounded like you was like, I want you to tell them it with a little bit of enthusiasm, right? Tell them, tell them you're stronger than an ant. Oh, that's better. I hear it. That's, that's awesome. So today for Mother's Day, and uh, God bless all the mothers in the room, and I know uh, God is not a respecter of persons. But he definitely uh, gives his blessings to mothers. And that is uh, apparent in the lives that we live. 
But today I want us to speak on one of the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruit that I want us to speak about is the fruit of love. The fruit of love. If Paul the Apostle wrote it down to be a fruit of the Spirit, that love is one of those fruit. Last week we looked at patience and kindness. This week we're talking about love. But I have a verse for us to go to at uh, for Mother's Day. It kind of ties us in during this series. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you're going to talk about love in the Bible, this is the, the chapter that most people that you will talk to or speak to, Bible uh, scholars or people that study the Bible, uh, that live a life looking at the Bible, they will call this the chapter of love, that this is the love chapter in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it speaks a lot about love. Because Paul the Apostle is telling people that they got spiritual gifts, but if they ain't got love, it's nothing. That you can live your life with all these things, but Paul is telling them if you don't have love at the core of what you're doing, you're missing out. So today as we look at these, I want us to look at the last verse of that because I think it epitomizes the entire verse. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. It says, Now abides faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So as I ponder on this and think about this, as I think from a, a, a person that grew up with a, a Christian mother, a person that uh, had a mother that instilled in me these things, I want us to think about that a mother provides. And uh, first, or in uh, Proverbs chapter 31, it tells us about a woman, what a woman should conduct herself about and how she should conduct herself. And a, a woman, a mother is one that provides. So as this abiding faith that Paul is talking about, that something abides, it means it takes up residence or it resides within. So if we're looking at an abiding faith, it's a faith that resides on the inside of the heart of the person. King David said, Your word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against you. So the scripture, the faith that we are taught from our early childhood, it prepares us for a life to prevent us from sinning. The scripture helps us not to sin. And this faith that we have in Christianity should be a faith that helps us not to sin. Amen. It's not saying we won't sin, but it's saying the Word helps us not to sin. So the more we pay attention to the Word, Amen. to this faith that we believe, the more apt we are to become a person that lives without sin later on in life. There's none perfect. But we should live a life that is well-pleasing to God. So this word faith, it's a word that I love because uh, in studying Scripture when I first got saved and first got in the church, the, the favorite Scripture that I have, if you take the whole Bible and say, Pastor Ben, what's your favorite verse? It's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to Him must believe He is and that is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And whenever I read that verse, and when I was a really baby Christian, I was 22 years old and just studying God's Scripture, I come across that verse and I was like, I want to please God. Amen? As Christians, we should desire to please God. And it says, but without this faith, we can't please God. So if I want to please God, I have to have faith. So that takes me back to my childhood and my mom always preaching to me about believing. You've got to believe God. 
You've got to trust God. And this deep abiding faith that I have is one like that Paul speaks about to Timothy. He, Timothy, he calls him, his, it's not his true uh, child by birth, by bloodline, but Paul calls Timothy his son. And he tells Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that's laid on you, laid on of hands, but also that your grandmother and your mother instilled this faith in you. Amen. The ladies in this room today, teach your kids at home, teach your kids in Sunday school or children's church here and teach your kids in the nursery here. And as you do that, you set them up for success in life. Amen. It prepares them for the, for the hard times that come. And if we're going to talk about this in context of where we're at with the fruitful summer, that, that these gifts that we're speaking about, these gifts, these fruitful gifts, that as God allows your children to have faith, it helps them succeed in life. This doesn't mean they're going to live a life wallowing around in roses and it's just all going to be hunky-dory all the time. There's still going to be seasons of hard time. Amen. There's going to be hard times come. But if they have a deep abiding faith, the circumstances won't hinder their walk with God. Is there anybody here listening to me this morning? Amen. This is truth. The Word of God is truth. And this faith that we can pass down from generation to generation is important to God. God told Joshua back in the Old Testament, whenever he first, Joshua first took over, he told him to write these things down and, and make these plain on tablets. He told Moses, and then he told Joshua, teach these to your kids and your children's kids. So grandparents, you're still involved in the faith journey. Amen. So Paul's writing this down, and he said, abides, now abides this faith. Do you have a deep abiding faith today? That you're taught the Word of God and you hear the Word of God preached in the, in the church each week? Is it a deep and abiding faith that you can go throughout your week? I hope and pray that last week you're living life and as you're going through life last week that I hope that the gift of patience come up somewhere along your journey. It definitely did me. There was a vendor come in our building this week and he wasn't very nice. And I was thinking, you're here serving us and we're providing a place for you to provide your service and if you're going to act like that I wanted to tell him to get his stuff and get out of the building amen but that wouldn't be very kind would it I had to be patient so God's word is for me too amen and I recognize it and, and I told my secretary about it Monday I usually go in on Monday mornings and I speak to her for a little bit and I tell her about she's what's the sermon about she wants to know so I'll tell her and then throughout the week as I come across those instances I come in there and I'll say you know I'm going to type an email to them and she's like no remember pastor patience and kindness we need those people in our life amen surround yourself with people that will prod you into doing the right thing this deep abiding faith Faith is important. I believe in faith. I trust that our faith will help us through the dark seasons that we trod. But Paul don't just stop there. Paul goes on, he said, Now abides faith. And then he adds the next sentence, the next word is hope. A hope. Mothers, are you instilling in your next generation, your children and your grandchildren, a message of hope? Yeah. I believe it's so important that this generation that we're living in, the society that we're living in, is a society that's pretty much hopeless. 
And if there's ever a time that there needs to be people standing up and pronouncing and proclaiming hope, it's this generation. Your time is now. Don't wait till tomorrow to preach hope. And Paul's telling us here in this Corinthians chapter about love, he's telling us that faith is important, but he's saying there is a hope. And any time that you read through the New Testament, that if you talk and, and, and read through Paul's studies and his writings, he's talking about hope. If he's talking about hope, he calls one time he calls it a blessed hope. A blessed hope. And that's talking about the end of times, the, the end of days where the, we've got an opportunity to go live in heaven forever with Jesus Christ. It's a blessed hope in knowing that this life is not it. That there is eternal things that is yet to come. And mothers preaching that message is a good message. That if you proclaim to your kids that there is an afterlife and that there is a decision to make here on this earth and if you choose Jesus, if you accept Him as your Savior, if you do the things He asks you to do, you will be saved and you'll live forever in eternity with an Almighty God that loves us unconditionally. Amen. It's going to be an awesome place. How many looks forward to heaven? Amen. This is just a dressing room to prepare us for the eternal things. Eternity. We get 80, 90, 100 years here, 120. That's that's kind of maxing out but think about how good this life is as a Christian life how much better it will be in heaven I look forward to that day don't you that eternal things and as I think about hope I think about my mother preaching to me hope as a little kid she would tell me about hope and mom's been always been a one to study scripture and try to, to learn the things of God and, and she went to a church one time and they started preaching about this thing called the rapture Mom didn't grow up in church. She didn't know about a rapture. In the church we was going to, they never really talked about the end of days any. So they go, she goes to the church and they start talking about the rapture. She's like, what are they talking about? And she looks through the Bible. The word rapture is not there. The word rapture is not in the Scripture. So they're like, well, they're preaching about something that's not there. So what do you do in that case? That's where you better start praying. Amen? If you want to understand this Word of God, you better pray because the Spirit is the only one that can unveil this Word to our heart. So as she begins to pray and God speaks to her and He he talks to her about some things in Scripture and He tells her and He gives her this vision. And the vision is that she sees that that there is a a wedding ring but is the first thing that comes down. I believe, right, Mom, that the wedding band comes down and it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as the wedding ring comes down and she talks about the wedding ring, that that's the initial uh, instance where that Jesus comes back and He's the marriage supper of the Lamb, that the ring is symbolic of Him capturing the church and getting His bride. That's what Scripture teaches. You can go all through and Jesus, is, oftentimes He will talk about the bride of Christ. That's us, church. He's coming back for a spotless bride, it says in Paul's writings, that he is coming back for a spotless bride. That is symbolic. And and the angel standing there in Acts chapter 2, where Jesus ascends to go into glory, and if Jesus is taken up in a cloud and he's taken away from them, the angel comes and he says, Men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up into heaven for this same manner in which Jesus was taken from you? Also he will descend and come back and receive you unto himself. Jesus is coming back on a cloud for a church spotless without blame. Amen. He's coming back to receive us to himself that we can go to be in heaven with him for eternity. Amen. Amen. I believe in the rapture of the church to you that Jesus is coming back. Amen. It won't be be an announcement. It's going to be a proclamation from a trumpet of Gabriel saying Jesus is coming. 
I'm excited about that hope, amen, that I just think about it. It inspires me to think, man, I need to be ready. I need to be ready. Because you go back and study in Matthew, it tells us there's going to be ten wise men and ten virgins. I think it's Matthew chapter 24 or 25, they're about. You better be ready. Amen. We need to live our life ready of the hope that Jesus is coming. I love hope. But it doesn't stop there because mom also had the vision where that he come back as king of kings and lord of lords and his foot touches the mountain. It's an Old Testament prophet that says his foot will set upon that mountain and when it does, the earthquake is going to happen and it's going to separate. Amen. When Jesus comes back to receive this earth, he's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. That's different than the rapture. There's a second coming of Jesus Christ and we're coming with him as a host. The great army in the clouds with Christ. Amen. I love hope, don't you? I love having hope of a better day and tomorrow. But my deep abiding hope is the hope of eternal things. That this is not it. That whenever I can go up to the graveyards and see my grandmother there and and go I study genealogy and see all my great grandparents and just going through the generations that I see that, that I have a hope that someday I can be with them forever. That's a hope I'm talking about today. And it's important. Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. Hope is important. Mothers, preach to your children, to your community, to your nation, and to your world a hope of eternal things. But Paul doesn't stop there. He says... Now abides faith. We believe in that. Hope. I believe in that. And love. These three. There's three of them. But the greatest of these is love. You can have all the faith in the world. But if you ain't got love, it's fruitless. That's what Paul is saying. You can have all the hope in the world you want. But if you ain't got love, it's fruitless. It'll amount to nothing. Because I'm telling you right now, love will drive you to do stupid things. Come on, somebody. Where you you've ever anybody's ever experienced it where you fall in love, right? You fall you definitely fall into it, all right. You fall in love. Right? It, it, it will cause a young man that's an honorable, outstanding citizen to do plum stupid things. It will cause him to drive up to a house that he wouldn't normally drive to because he's just blinded by love or whatever. Amen? Paul is saying here that we should have a love abiding in our heart. Amen. That he's telling mothers here on this Mother's Day, I believe through the Spirit of God, that we need to have a deep abiding love of God. Amen. Mothers, if you have anything, make sure you have a love for God. And in having a love for God, you will begin to love your children in ways that you didn't even know possible. Amen. 
I see this in, in the world we live in today that I, I watch mothers and, and these mothers, they will, they will love kids through the darkest of times, through the, through the wicked, most wicked storms of life, that addictions of all these different things will come about and mothers will stand by a child through hell and high water. They're going to be by your side. Amen? But there's also this thing that's a, a, a love that's, a, a love that's a, a unconditional, that it's unconditional that they will stand no matter what. But there's also a tough love. Come on, somebody. There's a tough love, mothers, right? My mom sat back here saying, no, she don't practice tough love. (laughs) Tough love is a love that will stand up for what's right, what's honorable, what's according to Scripture. And I listened to one of my friends at work. I went out to eat with him and he spoke about that his child was addicted to drugs. I mean literally addicted to drugs in a way that was completely took over their entire family. Constantly giving him all the resources he needs. And he winds up that his son is living in a dugout And they couldn't even get to him. And he began to talk about this tough love that they had to come to to say, Son, you're my son. But if it takes jail to get you straightened out, then jail's where you're going to go. And he talked about how it was hard for him to go home to his wife and speak this to his wife because his wife had this motherly love. But when she finally got into the mindset to say, okay, tough love it is. And her son went to jail. It took him about six weeks that he was, anytime he would get a chance to call, he would call home and tell him how he hated him. Why did you raise me in church? He just spoke, just spewing hatred. But it wasn't the son. It was the drugs. He was coming in detox and, and he wasn't able to really rightfully think. But about six weeks into his jail sentence, his jail time, he came to this realization, wow, mom and dad loved me enough to even go this far so that I could get in the right way and right mind of thinking in my mind. And he called him and he said, I don't know what happened, but he said something inside of me sitting in jail cell by myself this morning, I felt and I recognized and I sensed the love of God. And he called home and he said, Mom and Dad, thanks for loving me. Even this far. He said, I just want you to know I love you. From there, he admitted himself into this uh, detox thing. It's a, a, a house that a six-month program. He was, he was fixing to get out of jail because they could only hold him so long and he was afraid for his life that he would go back into that old lifestyle. And he said, I'm going to sign up for a six-month journey. And he goes to this faith-based organization down in central Kentucky. And just a few months ago, he graduated and his dad is so proud. And his mom was there at the graduation. And I saw those pictures come through and I was like, Wow. Love fixes things. Love is not blind. Love fixes things. 
now this young man is a he's coaching little league or t ball and all that stuff and he's helping others he's now a counselor to help others and the program he went through they could graduate and become a counselor to help other people addicted the way they used to be so now he's paying forward what he received himself paul says faith is important hope is important but love will cover a multitude of sins he says further on in his writings everybody say that love will cover a multitude of sins I'm talking about a bunch I'm talking about so much that we can't even understand it or even think about it you got to think about love in this way in this context the Bible says that no man loves more than he would lay down his life for his brother that's the purest love and he's talking about Jesus hanging on that cross and you got to think about as he goes to that cross and Jesus is standing there in that garden of Gethsemane that he comes to this point that Jesus is having to decide am I going to go through with this or am I going to or am I going to just going to step back and do what I want to do James, Jesus' brother, said, Show me your faith, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Action is what matters. So as Jesus is there, and he's in this garden of Gethsemane, he's dropping these great uh, sweats, these drops of blood, and he's having to decide, what am I going to do? And he looks at his father, and he says, You know, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Then Jesus goes on to say, But if not so, not my will, but yours be done. So today in this place, as mothers and grandmothers and and, and mothers that uh, mother children that maybe not even be your own, let's think about it this way, that we do things sometimes for God that it isn't even our will, but it's God's will. Amen? So Paul's telling us here, faith abides faith, hope, and love inside of the children. It's It's residing on the inside because it's placed there through this loving nurture of a mother. The greatest is love. Paul goes on and writes in a further epistle and he says God is love. God is love. It doesn't say God is kind of like love or God created love or anything. He says God is love. So today... And mothers, and thinking about the nurture that I received from my mom, the deep abiding love that's inside of my heart for humanity is because of my mother. The only way my mother was able to do that was just being a mirror for God. So mothers, I'm asking you in this place today, don't just give your children your love. Give them God's love. Because God's love is more pure than even your love. Because we're in a human form. Amen? Our humanity is still involved. Just be a mirror that you hold up for your kids that when they look at you, that all they see is God. And in doing that, you're going to prepare them to get through more storms in life than they would ever be able to do with faith, than they would ever be able to do with hope. Love will get them through situations 
that they couldn't get through without. The greatest of these three is love. How many believes that in this room today? That God is calling us that the fruit of love is here. I believe it's relevant in this room today. I believe it's important to us in this room to love unconditionally the way Jesus loved. God is love. That's not to say that love is God. We have to be careful with that. Because some forms of love, for one, the love of money is the root of all evil. Right? So we cannot say that love is God. God is love. Everything we love, some people, in in Scripture it says that some people loved this life, their own life, more than the things God called them to. We've got to be careful. God is love. His Word is truth. This is where we have to go to get our source for life. And if we want to receive love in this life, it can't just be like 1 Corinthians, as Paul tells us, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Amen? Love is what is important. Love is what's going to get you through. So ladies, I implore you today, don't give up teaching faith. Go ahead and teach that faith. Go ahead and teach that hope. But at the most, if you do the most, provide love and nurture for your kids. Won't you stand? I know some people that love God in such a way that they love His Scripture so much that they'll take the Word of God and they'll stand down on a corner And they'll scream at people and holler at people and say, you're going to hell. For their faith. And they'll stand and they'll holler and they'll scream and they'll say, I've got eternal things prepared for me and I'm going to go make heaven my home. And they'll look at everybody else and say, because you're not me, you're going to hell. I've always been fearful of that as in pastoring and preaching. One of my first biggest worries in life when I become a preacher was this. That I'd heard other preachers say that they would do during the altar call that they'd tell people, either you come now, I feel like that God's telling me to tell you to come now, or he's going to quit calling you. That scared me to death. Because one, I don't believe God ever quits calling. Amen. I've talked and witnessed to people that some pastor has told them, if you didn't come now, the Holy Spirit will never speak to you again. And they walk around the rest of their life thinking, God can't talk to me anymore. 
That's a fearful thing, to put that burden on somebody's shoulders. The only thing I know is this, that what I've studied the Scripture and studied and, and tried to learn of God the best way I know how. That the callings of God are without repentance. And God's deep abiding love is He will go with you plumb to your last breath and He'll be there whispering by the Holy Spirit saying, come unto me, all that you labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. I believe that God calls. I don't believe He prevents. So no matter what you may have heard throughout your life, of someone telling you that God wouldn't call you any longer, I'm here to tell you today God is continuing and will continue to call you. That He will never give up on you. He says, I will go with you even to the end of the age. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. He will constantly chase you down. Love is what drives him to do that. And I believe that the love of God is present in this room today. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes? The fruit of love. get us through the tough times. God, you said in your word that our cup can run over. Lord, you said in your word that if we, if we would ask that we would receive. Lord, if we would knock, the door would be open. And Lord, if we would seek, that we would find. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that every person in this room, that if they will just ask for the love of God to be relevant, to be tangible, to be abiding in their lives. God, I know that you're able to provide that need. So God, if there's people in this room, David, maybe today that's feeling hurt, that's feeling broken, that's feeling lost, or left undone by society, God, that you could be the God that steps in. And that your love would come become relevant just as it did for that young man in that jail cell that day. Holy Spirit, speak into people's lives in this room. I want to ask you a very simple question. Is there anybody here that say, Pastor Ben, I haven't been living a life filled with the love of God. I've allowed hate to take over. If you just raise your hand, you're ready to say, I want to live a life of love that will be unconditional. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Lots of hands that's went up in there. Does anybody else want to say, Pastor Ben, pray for me? I need more of the love of God. Anybody else? Amen. Thank you for those hands. Awesome. I want everybody in this room to pray with me and help those that have raised their hands that are seeking more of the love of God. And even the ones that didn't, if you, if you pray this prayer and mean it with your heart, I believe that God will supply every need in your life according to His loving kindness. Everybody here say, Heavenly Father, I come to You in Jesus' name. I'm asking You, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures. 
Help me to have a faith to get through. Help me to have a hope of eternal things. But most of all, give me the greatest gift of love. That I could love you and I could love others according to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.